Welcome to allthingsnew.tech, where we are exploring the intersection of theology and technology. Technology is changing our jobs, relationships, and even our identities. It's easy to get excited about all the new things. But as Christians, we also believe that God is redeeming this world through His effort, making all things new. This podcast features conversations with entrepreneurs, technologists, and innovators, examining how technology transforms our understanding of God, His creation, and what it means to be human. Today, Paul Taylor from All Things New is talking with Oliver Miao, CEO and co-founder of Pixelberry Studios. Oliver helped to pioneer the field of story-based mobile games, engaging their players in a narrative while allowing for decisions and interactions. Paul and Oliver will be talking about how games can powerfully shape our human experience. They'll explore the value of games from a Christian perspective and the struggle to balance engaging gameplay with potentially addictive elements. They'll think about how biblical stories help to shape our expectation of normal experiences and how story-based games can play a similar role in culture. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, I'm Paul Taylor here with AllThingsNew.Tech, and my uh, conversation partner today is Oliver Miao. Uh, He is the CEO and co-founder of Pixelberry Studios, a mobile gaming studio that has two big products. One, High School Story, and the most recent one is called Choices, Stories You Play. Prior to that, he co-founded CenterScore, which also... um, was a mobile gaming studio focused around story-based games. So I'm excited to talk with Oliver about the power of stories and the power of games and how that connects to what it means to be a Christian. So Oliver, thanks for joining me. And uh, maybe just start by kind of telling, talking about how you got started in technology in the first place. Yeah, definitely. And um, thanks, Paul, for having me here. I'm excited to to share my story. Um, You know, when I was in college, um, I debated a lot about whether to become a doctor or an engineer. And um, to many people, ironically, I decided to become an engineer uh, because I wanted to um, work with people more. And um, I had followed a cardiologist um, during his rounds one day, and I realized that although he was interacting with people all the time, his patients, you know, were people he would just touch briefly um, kind of in their lives and then kind of move on. And I wanted to be with the team to actually build something. And so I realized that, you know, technology was something really intriguing to me. That's cool. It's an interesting answer that you're actually like drawn to the people oriented set of technology. I think most people I ask that question end up talking about how they're kind of drawn to technology, the actual technology first. Right. And then any relationship is kind of a side point. But Yeah. And, you know, I got started in games because my friends and I played too many games in college. <laughs> right. And um, when we graduated, um, we had heard from a lot of other um, older friends that their friendships with their college friends like quickly dissipated after college. Huh. And so we were thinking, you know, if we actually um, created games together, we'd have a project that would kind of force us to do things together and stay in touch. And, um, and it was successful. Like we thought if we do this as a project, maybe we can turn it into a company one day. Right. And, you know, I'm still working with um, two of those friends from college that we started doing, you know, right after I graduated. That's really cool. I love that. Um, and for you, I know your story of, of becoming a Christian kind of is around the same time as that. So maybe you can tell us kind of the brief version of how you came to faith and how that tied into all of this. Yeah, definitely. And in, in fact, I think getting into technology um, was a 
as you'll see, was a very integral part of my, my Christian story. Hmm. Um, in college, I was actually anti-Christian. Um, you know, I think I believed in a God, um, not necessarily a Christian God. Hmm. And I just had bad experiences with, um, with classmates or dorm mates where I felt like they were being hypocritical or they'd invite me to things on false pretenses and then right. kind of ambush Bible study me when I had no idea that was what to expect. Right, yeah. And so um, because of that, I, I had a bad relationship with Christians. Uh-huh. Um, but I did have one close friend, Justin, who, who was a strong Christian, and he was one of the three friends I started do- working on this project with. Huh. And at a certain point, um, uh, a venture capitalist um, got in touch with us. He had seen our games on a website and he was interested in starting a company with us. Um, very naively, we said no to him, but that kind of triggered us to leave our jobs and to start um, our first startup together. Huh. And in that process, um, my friend was living in Texas at the time um, and he had a strong Christian base there. Um, but he'd come out to the Bay Area um, once every two months or so um, to work for a few weeks and then he'd go back to Texas because he had promised his friends like he would um, you know share an apartment with them mm. um, for like a year right and so when he was visiting he didn't have a lot of um, close friends out here and he'd always invite me to go to church with him and he did that even um, when we were in college and oh. I had always said no but he seemed so lonely right. <laughs> that I decided <laughs> You know, one time, okay, I'll go with you. So you went to church out of pity for him. Basically, right, right? Like God that, works yeah. in, in interesting ways. That yeah. Way. And, right. and through that, I think, you know, that's when God started working on me, huh. right? And it was interesting. We would church hop and go visit a lot of different churches. Um, we got connected with the Young Adults Fellowship at PBC. Uh-huh. And over time, I think that's where I came to know God, God more. Yeah. And I, I think a part of it that really intrigued me and I think really spoke to me was when I met that community um, at that Young Adults Fellowship, I realized that they just seemed different. Mm. Right? Um, they're really open. Uh, they're really warm. Um, they just seemed to have um, kind of an energy and a love for each other that I didn't see, um, you know, in my other parts of life, mm. right? And that was very appealing. And I think that's what really made me think more and and stay with going to church to learn more about, mm-hmm. you know, what fueled these people. And no ambush Bible studies yeah, this involved. T- <laughs> yeah, this time it was, it was very clear. And, and in fact, you know, I think my friend, um, he was always very patient with me. And uh-huh. I asked him a ton of questions, right? Yeah. There are a lot of things that were very confusing to me. And even now, there are a lot of things that are still confusing to me. Sure. Um, but, you know, in learning, in talking to him, th- like, through those questions and hearing his answers and the fact that he didn't know everything either, um, I think that actually helped me understand God more. Yeah. So how did then coming to faith and becoming a Christian, did it change the way you thought about technology or the way you thought about your, your company at all? Or what, what was that like? Um, so, you know, we were doing these browser-based games at the time, um, and you know, we had a lot of players who loved playing them, but we weren't making much money from them. Mm. Um, this was during um, the dot com um, kind of burst right. <laughs> at the time, yeah. And so, 
Um, we were running out of money. We were doing this for about a year and a half on our own savings. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, we realized we'd have to shut the company down. Hmm. And the startup had become such a part of my life that, you know, normally it would be really devastating for me to have to acknowledge that this was a failure to shut it down and go find another job. Right. Um, but that was when my faith was really deepening. Huh. And, you know, my friends and I and my my church friends, we'd pray about it too. And I realized that I actually wasn't stressed about it, huh. um, which was a huge shock to me. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of the, the first things that I really gave to God. And I felt an enormous peace from that. Huh. And I think that was um, really a sign to me and um, of of both, you know, my faith as well as God being there for me. Yeah. And um, that's when I think I've, I felt, um, you know, a call to know and, and love Jesus. Hmm. That's really yeah. cool. And then things did work out, right? Some, it was kind yeah. of the last minute. Yeah, it was, it was very unexpected. Yeah. Um, we, you know, on the very last day when we were planning to shut our servers down and then we would all just start looking for jobs, um, we got a phone call from a friend and he he said that his company had signed a contract to do mobile a mobile game and develop it for another company but they didn't know how to make games so uh-huh. they asked if we could do it for them <laughs> and um from that point on um the direction of our company you know it was saved and then right. we actually kind of grew yeah. and got deeper in in you know cell phones which at the time was you know, applications for cell phones was a brand new technology. Yeah. That was anything I remember somebody, I remember sitting down with coffee for somebody who told me they were going to develop games for phones. And I thought that's not going to last. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, that was a couple of decades ago, but now it's a huge industry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it's, it was really rewarding and yeah. it still is. I think, um, you know, people have devices with them everywhere and allowing people to, to play whenever they want. I think, um, you know, it was something people didn't expect with cell phones, right? Yeah, but it right. ended up being, um, I think, a, a, one of the first killer apps for cell phones at the yeah. beginning, right? So that th- that's something I think is really interesting because, I, you know, games are not like maybe regarded as like a cultural great thing. I mean, people enjoy them, they play them, but they're, I think, often viewed as frivolous or in the worst case kind of, addictive and and time consuming and suck you in but so as a christian developing games how do you think about that what's the vision of like connecting with people and connecting them with something deeper through games yeah i mean i i definitely see i think both sides of the story and even for myself um you know after i had kids you know, I was thinking about getting out of games because I, right? I wanted to get into an industry that I thought would be more productive, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think over time, my relationship with games has changed too in yeah. terms of um, we've gotten so many messages from players um, in which our games have deeply affected their lives huh. that it's it's made me um, really happy that I stayed in games. And I I now feel like, you know, there, like anything you do in any industry, there's always negatives. And right. it's, you definitely can make games too addictive and you can cause problems with it, right? Even as a, um, a game entrepreneur myself, um, my wife and I are very careful with how, many, how much we allow our kids to play games, yeah. right? Because um, 
you know, even for myself, it's really easy to get addicted. And I try to limit how many new games I start for uh-huh. that reason. Right. At the same time, um, games have the power to bring people together right. and also to introduce people to new ideas, which is something which I think we've really been trying to use our story games for yeah. in a much more meaningful way. Yeah, and that's what's unique about what you guys do. I mean, it strikes me that games have been part of cultures forever. And, mm-hmm. you know, a mobile app game on your phone is just a game and people have been playing games as long as there have been people. And so I, I'm compelled by your kind of vision of games bringing people together and games are a way of of connecting socially over things that aren't deep and or that don't have to be kind of the pressing issues, but it's a way of of enjoying uh, relationships together. And then your kind of twist on it is story-based games, which I think introduces a whole other element of like stories and the power of stories. So how have you found that? I know you guys were kind of a leader in that field. And like, how have you found stories and games and mixing them to work well? Yeah. So we started working on story games um, in 2005. And so my team's actually been working on story games specifically for mobile for like 14 years now. That's amazing. And um, it, it was almost a, fortu- a fortuitous thing in terms of we got started by planning to do a high school-based game. Uh-huh. But originally it was going to be a fighting game, like a role-playing game where um, you know you grow your character um, over time. But we realized, um, my co-founders, that the key part of high school and what made it intriguing was the events that happen and the characters, uh-huh. right? Um, you know, someone who's new to high school and going through all these different areas in high school. And as a result of that, they realized the game would be more compelling if it was focused only on the story elements, right? Uh-huh. And it's all those things you're talking about. Stories are so rich in terms of um, getting people to be immersed in them, right? right? Like you know, at the heart of movies and TV and clearly books, right, um, is a good story, yeah. right? People love to see how characters advance, how they change, how they're transformed. You see the same thing in the Bible, right? right? And um, I think one reason why the Bible is so powerful with people is because it does tell these stories. Yeah. And in those stories of, you know, of people, that's where people can build a deeper personal connection. Yeah. Um, and same with our games. So what's your, I know you've talked to me before, What what's your goal? Like, what do you hope your story games would do for people? Yeah, so when we, I, I guess I'll back up in terms of, you know, our goal for the company. It's so hard to create um, a, a long-lasting game studio that our first goal as a studio is to um, be successful from a business perspective perspective sure right you have to to Um, do that yeah but one of our secondary goals was if our games were successful to utilize them for good Mm -hmm. right and this was part of maybe a compromise when we started pixelberry in my mind of you know originally we were thinking about doing educational based games right but it's so hard to make an educational game successful because there's a tension between the entertainment and fun aspect and the educational aspect we thought let's just focus on the fun and if that can happen then the education can come after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've we've since used our games um, after they started reaching more people um, to basically either tell stories about um, different issues mm-hmm. and to educate people about those issues, things like cyberbullying, 
Um, and now with choices, um, we're really using our stories um, to talk about diversity and mm. make people feel, um, you know, if they feel alone, um, to let them know there are other people out there who are like them. And at the same time, um, for people who have really strong opinions, you know, to use our stories to help them understand the opinions of other people, right? Because mm. when you read a good book or you watch a good TV show, it's much easier for you to put yourself in the minds of those characters. And with right. a game, even more so because it's immersive. Right. So if you have, you know, in our games, you play as a, a main character, right? And you choose your actions and make your own choices. Right. Um, but you also have these friends. And we can have these friends be very different than who you are, right? We can have some friends who are more liberal, some friends who are more conservative. Uh-huh. And um, you might not normally be friends with people like this in real life, but in the game, it's a natural place for you to be and for you to actually um, to grow your relationship in the story with them and to see their point of view. Right. And then your, I mean, this is a, this is a thing we end up talking about a lot at all things new.tech is how we can use technology to assist and enable kind of the in real life or the real or kind of the natural versus being an escape from it. And I know we've talked before about like how the virtual can then be a pathway towards what's real. And so, you know, maybe you don't know people that are different from you in real life, but you can play a game where you can learn these skills and that prepares you. Yes. Is that kind of what you're hoping for? Yeah, definitely. And and I'd also say what's even more interesting, especially with games is we actually, I do want people to sometimes escape too. Like I I want this mix um, of both being able to get away from your life, but Uh then also to positively influence your life. Right. right? Like there have been so many messages from different players where they've told us like, thank you. My life is so, has been so hard or I've been going through such dark times Uh and um, because of your game and because of your stories, um, it helped me through that. Huh. Right. Um, including specific examples where people have told us, you know, um, and it's been really scary that they've been planning to kill themselves. Right. Yeah. And, um, or they've had, you know, issues of abuse or other things where this, these stories were something that just, it gave them something every week to look forward to. Right. right? And, and eventually, you know, life got better for them. Yeah. Right. I think that's, you're thinking about story in general. One of the powerful things about story and this, I think, is why God uses so many stories in the Bible to reveal himself. But stories have a unique ability to define normal, mm-hmm. right? And so you tell a story and in the story, you say something and I react a certain way. And as a third party reader or watcher or player of that story, I... I then decide, well, that's how normal people interact. You know, you kind of create normalcy by your story and you're kind of telling people what the world is supposed to be like, which can also be a dangerous power of stories because then, you know, you watch too many romance movies and you get unsatisfied with your marriage because nothing looks like that right. or something. But but it, so the, it seems to me you also have a burden of, you know, by being a teller of stories, you have a burden of of trying to tell true stories not that they're not fictional but that they're 
true to life or yes you know i mean i i i think you've hit on something i mean definitely um because stories are so powerful you know telling the right stories or telling them in the right way i yeah. think is important yeah right we um and you know in the games industry or i'd say in entertainment as a whole oftentimes things that are more provocative make better, more enticing stories, right? And, you know, when we first started making story games, we just wanted those stories to be um, a real reflection on life. Yeah. And then over time, I think we and our competitors saw that, you know, the more salacious a story sure. was or something. Sensationalism that, sells, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it would do better. Right. And I think, you know, for me personally, leading the company, um, I always feel like, we're walking this line between we have competitors who whose stories and advertisements are even more provocative than ours. Right. And and I'll admit some of the ads we show, like, you know, I'm not always wholly comfortable with them, right? But the the more provocative the ad is, the more successful it is in drawing people's attention sure. to our stories. And we do try and hold a much stronger line with where our stories are. Yeah. Right. But um you know, we have found that stories that focus more on romance or, or on, um, you know, things that people love or, or desire, you know, do do better. Yeah. And so we're always walking that line too. Right. right. Um, How have you managed that? I mean, what, what do you do personally to make those decisions and find that tension? I think part of it is, is having a really good team and making mm -hmm. sure um, the team is hiring you know, good people, right. right? And and that means people who excel at writing, excel at telling these stories, um, but people who also, you know, they care about their craft and they care about people, yeah. right? And I think, you know, some of our stories, you know, we touch on topics, um, you know, because we talk about diversity, right? We not only have diversity of, you know, racial diversity, um, gender diversity, empowering females. We also have diversity of sexual orientation, yeah. right? And I do think it's important for our stories to reflect the real world, right? right? Um, but at the same time, um, I know that there are definitely Christians out there who, you know, if they're playing our stories, they would think that our stories are too much a reflection of the real world, sure. right? And yeah. I think there's always a tension there. Yeah, that right? must be a really hard thing. And to figure out, I mean, I, it's interesting you brought up your team because, you know, I've come across this with a lot of the people I've been talking with is they, you know, individual leaders might be Christians and that leads to certain values. And then you want to build a team of people, certainly your, your whole team, you can't say we have to be a Christian to work here, but then, but you can say, well, these are our values as a company. Or, and so you do have to find people that share certain values and a lot of those values stem from your faith, your being a Christian, but then it's not that only Christians would have those values. So it sounds to me like you're, you're, you're looking for people who share certain values that, you know, you're not just trying to be as provocative and clickbait as possible and make the most money, but you're trying to do something. You're not, you're not totally shying away from that, but you're, you're trying to be savvy, but also careful. And right. how do you, how do you communicate that with people? Like how do you communicate those values I think, 
it mainly comes from the culture of the company mm. at the start, right? And and for us, I think, um, you know, because we started as a very small studio, um, we always expect people to um, to step up the plate and and um, I guess not be prima donnas, right? To right. basically, when there's something to do, you do it, right? right. So everybody pitches in. Yeah, everyone pitches in, right? If you know, you see a mess on the table after lunch or something, you go help clean it up, right? right? And if people see me doing that, right, then they're more likely to do that themselves, right? Um, but I think we're also fortunate in terms of when it comes to creative people, right, um, who are passionate about writing, I think many of them are just inherently have um, a drive to help people. Yeah. and. And to they care about fairness, right? And they care about other people. And when you have a team of people who care about each other, I think I think it really helps, huh. right? Um, and and so the values we're looking for isn't necessarily that they're Christian values, right? Although, um, of course, I'd love to have more Christians in our company too, because I think many of them share the same values I do. Right. But it's more we just want people who care um, about their work. And they care about other people, yeah. right? And and that gets reflected in the writing. And you know, part of making games um, and being financially successful is making sure our games monetize well enough. So oftentimes, new people who join our studio, um, they focus more on the story and they don't want to monetize as much as we need them to. Right? I see. Interesting. And, and and it's a balance piece for us to be competitive against other companies. Right. We need to, you know at least monetize at kind of the rates they do, right? Um, and when other companies are being more controversial, more provocative than we are, um, you know, sometimes we fight that by, by having higher quality work. Right. So that's interesting. It sounds like you're saying you have to talk, like you hire creatives and you have to talk them into the kind of monetization strategies, yes. not, not, not out of it. Yes. <laughs> like they're more interested in high quality stories and stories that resonate with right. people. And yeah, that's, that's interesting. So the, the sensationalism comes from a business drive, not a, not a creative thing. Yeah. yeah. To, to some degree. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, and how have you, what's that like as a Christian? I mean, I've been talking about it, but how do you decide like, how addictive to make your game or how many of these kind of strategies to use. And um, like you talked about self-limiting your own use of games, but then you are making a game. You want people to use it, but you don't want it. You don't want them to abuse it. And to a certain extent, you can't be responsible for people's choices. You're just making a product, but are there ways that you make your product right. that are, that make it easier to be used well, or I don't uh, know. I think ultimately, creators are responsible for how people use you know not for how people may use it to an extreme sure. or change things but right. generally you know game developers can choose how addictive they want to make their games uh -huh. right and you will always have people who who even if you choose not to make your game very addictive and you're just trying to make it as fun as possible will spend inordinate amount of time on it just because they love it so much. Right, right? and that's, that's And I think that's, that's the case great. with any medium. Sure, right? yeah. Um, but there are things you can put in it that, you know, um, 
you know, increase engagement. And mm-hmm. that's something as game creators we want. We want people to have fun with our games. We want them to enjoy them. And you do want people to spend more time with it because they often, you know, the more they love it, the more willing they are to both tell their friends about it and also right. to spend money on it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, but, but there definitely, I think, is a line of how far you want to push that. Yeah. And, um, I think, you know, whether you're a Christian or not, I think that's something that in the games industry, and I think not just games, but technology as a whole, something people are wrestling with a lot, yeah. right? You see that with Facebook and social media yep. and, and with cell phones as a whole, right? Um, you know, Apple and Google have been spending more time putting um, in ways for people to understand how much time they spend with their phones. Right, right. Yeah. And when I'm playing a game a lot, I notice my my usage of my phone goes up a tremendous amount over yeah. the times when I'm not, right? right? Um, and for myself, I don't spend, um, you know, any time on Facebook anymore because it ended up not being as healthy for me personally. Yeah. Right. And that, I think, I mean, I, this is the kind of thing I, I love to explore more because the power of technology, I think, you know, at, for all things new.tech, I use the definition of technology of something that we create. It, it's a man-made thing that extends capabilities we already have, extends our natural capabilities. So, you know, a hammer works better than my fist, but, mm-hmm. but I, can, I can hammer with my fist if I, if I want to. And, you know, a mobile game is better than duck duck goose it's more but but you can play games it's just it's a new way to play games and so i think the draw of technology is that it gives us power more power than we would have power to do the same kinds of things but in a more powerful way and and the benefit of games is like it sounds like particularly the kinds of games you're making is it gives me the power as a player to make choices without actually making them Right. And I can almost mm-hmm. like try out things yes. in a game setting and kind of see where they might lead. And, and that's a really helpful tool because in life, you, some choices you make are really devastating if you make a bad choice. So kind of a playground to make choices and learn how to make good choices can be really beneficial. But then there's also this, you know, games, mobile games, technology can give you power that draws you away and sucks you in because now I can do things, you know, my, my real life is unsatisfying and I can't, nothing works the way I want it to and nobody likes me and I have no power. So, but in this game I have power. And so I think trying to figure out how do we use technology? How do we create technology well to, to allow people to use the power God designed us to use, but then to use that on earth and in his kingdom as well. Right. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think it's hard, and and honestly, I, I feel like, you know, um, Christianity as a whole, um, at least in this day and age, is behind the curve on technology. Yeah, and and they're playing catch up, and yeah. now it's starting to. I think Christians are starting to learn how to use technology more and more and, and better, right? But I, I agree with you. Technology is definitely a tool, and like with our games, you know. I think when I was in college, just creating games for fun, it was so exciting for me when like five people were playing my games, right? right. People on my hallway were playing the games and I could actually see them playing and stuff. Yeah. And I never thought about the fact that I'd be helping to create these games that millions of people from around the world are touching, right? right. And 
and you're right, that is a lot of power and a lot of responsibility, right? Um, I think, as you can tell, I struggle, um, you know, sometimes on a daily basis with, with how to appropriately use that power, yeah. right? I think technology, the industry as a whole is entering a phase where before we were always focused on trying to create more and more power. Uh-huh. And now more and more people are starting to think about how they use that power yep. and whether they're using that power appropriately, yeah. which I think is a good turning point for the industry. Yeah. Right. And I think as it matures, we just need to be mature about it ourselves and, and to think about it more. Cause sometimes, you know, even for me, like it's easier for me not to deal with it or not to think about it and to kind of put my, my head in the sand and just focus on making right. the game more successful. Yeah. Right. Trying to think about are our stories telling the right messages? Are we sharing things in the appropriate way? That takes more work. Yeah. Right. So I think you're right. It seems like there's the last year or two or so, there's been more of like a reckoning in the, in the technology industry of whether it's privacy or um, the power of social media to influence politics or whatever. Um, and I think that gives an opportunity for, for Christians to speak into that. Because people are asking, how do we do this well? But there's not a lot of agreed upon kind of cultural good to be able to answer that question. I, it seems to me that, th- that there's a chance for Christians to articulate something to help the world answer that question. Do, do, do you think we, we can? Do you have, are you optimistic that that we could come up with some kind of guiding principles or, or at least some wisdom to speak into the confusion? I think there, there are two things. One is I do think over time, you know, if we spend more time thinking about it, mm-hmm. right, I think that does help with forming guiding principles. Yeah. I think even before that stage, I think something that's really important. And and even as I talk to you, I realize, and I, I never realized this before, but, you know, what appealed to me about that young adult fellowship um, and and how open they were was really their vulnerability, mm. right? And later, when um, I went to Rogue Crew, which uh, was a morning men's group, yeah. right? seeing these men who were in their 40s, 50s, or, or older just talk about problems they had and be really vulnerable, yeah. that really spoke to me too, yeah. right? And as you look at the technology industry, I think a lot of engineers, by default, you know, because you're working with code and, and with binary, things are you know ones or zeros, right? right? It's like you have to know the answer. And yeah. I think a lot of times people are less willing to be vulnerable and to talk about, hey, these are potential mistakes we might make. Right. Or I don't know if we're doing something right or wrong, right? And um, I, think, I think Christians um, oftentimes are willing to be more vulnerable, especially yeah. within their own communities. Uh-huh. And the more vulnerable we can be um, in the world as a whole and yeah. just talk about what we know and don't know I think that encourages more conversation too. I think that's great. I mean, I, I appreciate that. In some ways, it's it's a corrective to what I suggested because I, you know, a lot of times I think Christians come into the public sphere with, "Hey, we know how to do this. Listen to us." And what I hear from you is more, come into the public square with, "Hey, we got a lot of questions." And, and I love how you said you 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 struggle with these questions sometimes daily because. I don't think it's, these are such big questions. You have to struggle with them. If you're not struggling, 
you're not thinking about them at all. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if, you know, you're going to come to me in a week and say, Hey, good news. Like I figured this out and now it's just smooth sailing. Like right. you're never going to get past these questions. Um, so as Christians kind of admitting our brokenness or our struggles with these things, I think that's a great, that's a great approach. I like that a lot. Well, there's two questions I like to ask people kind of to get everybody's take on, on the same question. The, the first one is, as you think about technology in general, whether it's with your family or with the world, like, and look forward, what are you most excited about thinking of what technology can do in the future? Um, uh, that That's a really good question. One that, as you can tell from my, my pause, I haven't thought about a yeah. lot. Um, You know, I, I think technology has, has really enabled a lot of communications recently, yeah. right? And a lot of sharing. Um, but the sharing, it's not, it's not intimate sharing, mm. right? Um, it, it's not as close. Right. And, and I think technology could do a much better job of that. Uh-huh. Um, and, and in that way, I, I think many times when people think about technology, you actually think about, replacing humans right, right? Yep. like self-driving or artificial intelligence yep. but but i think helping us relate more as humans yeah um and having technology that can can help us do that better uh-huh. um is, is something that excites me yeah. right and if that technology can help um bring us closer to god yeah right um that would be great yeah yeah, that's great. I mean, it goes back to your observation about vulnerability. If, you know, technology can be used to cover ourselves up and hide ourselves and protect ourselves, but it can also be just a medium by which we're allowed to be vulnerable in different ways. And then the corollary question is what, what scares you the most? What, what worries you about where technology could go in the future? I, I think it's what we're already seeing with technology where it amplifies voices so much that you know, um, people who are on the fringe and, um, you know, have opinions that normally, um, would not draw a big following, you know, their voice gets amplified. Right. right? And then suddenly you have people who are screaming and they're using technology, not in dialogue, Mm. but just to be mad at each other and to yell at each other. And uh, instead of bringing people closer together, it, creates bigger and bigger divides Mm. right and unfortunately we're already seeing so much of that and i'm hoping that you know we can get away from that over time yeah that's great i have the same hope well thanks oliver i really appreciate your time and it's a good conversation yeah no this is this has been um fun for me but also as you can tell enlightening um and even in understanding um, my own past and where i want the future to be so thank you paul yeah thanks Thank you for listening to allthingsnew.tech. We hope you continue the conversation by subscribing to our blog at allthingsnew.tech. We have a variety of authors working together to develop a biblical framework for engaging with technology. Check it out. Join the conversation.